Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And it's another show, another week, and the last podcast that we will have before a Panthers football game, Jerry. I know. We'll actually get to <laughs> report on something that happened on the field. I mean, I guess we did Fan Fest on the YouTube channel for, but I'm in actual, like, that was on a field. He- yes. <laughs> Helmets hitting. Score actually kept. Live fire. It's going to be awesome. That game is Sunday. The last preseason game of week one preseason. And yeah, the on Panthers NFL get Sunday Network. all to themselves. So I all assume to it's going to be on a local channel as well. They usually are. So Yeah, I assume so. I didn't see it, but I'm assuming so. And I think, was is Steve Smith going to be one of the... He's going to be one of the preseason uh, color guys, I think. I think I saw that. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't maybe, see that. So. I may be making that up. But I got Steve Smith on the brain, Jerry, because <laughs> Steve Smith is uh, going to be... Well, this is his first year of eligibility. Starting now, he'll be eligible for next year's induction in the 2022 uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about week two of training camp. We're going to talk about... Um, that we're going to preview week one of the preseason. Uh, And there's a depth chart to discuss. So there's lots to talk about today, but let's kick it off with Steve Smith. Uh, As I mentioned, he is eligible for the next Hall of Fame class. This will be his first year of eligibility. Do we think, first of all, do we think Steve Smith is a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, I, I agree. I think the real conversation is, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Which is a kind of a I, prestigious thing on its own. It, it's a prestigious thing, but I I heard one uh, analyst talk about this, and a f- former player, I can't remember who it was, mm-hmm. but he said, I hate that designation of first time Hall of Famer, you know, first ballot yeah. Hall of Famer. He goes, take that out of the necessary. You need to look at the player, look at their stats, look at what they accomplish. Are they Hall of Fame worthy? Yes or no? It doesn't matter when they're eligible. Yes or no goes by that. He goes, don't. You know, if it's a yes, then you vote for them. If it's a no, then you don't. He goes, it doesn't matter if it's their first time that they need to wait. That's a- If they are <laughs> Hall of Famer now, say yes. That's a great way of thinking about it. That is not how it is thought of. And you know no, that it's by, the, by the voters. <laughs> so <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, and if that was the case, then this will be a very short segment because we just both said yes, and then we would move on. So let's discuss his his you know um, eligibility here. As first, let's make the case right of why he is a oh. Hall of Famer. Okay, um, and I'll I'll kind of just kick it off here with just a few stats. So in NFL history, Steve Smith is twelfth all time interceptions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I probably should have pulled up the actual numbers in front of me, but I'm just going to go off of his... Maybe you have it. He's 12th in receptions, but he's also 8th in receiving yards. Yes, 8th in receiving yards. 28th all-time in receiving touchdowns. Still way up there. I mean, there's been thousands and thousands of wide receivers that have played Mm -hmm. in the NFL, so 28th all-time receiving touchdowns. That's sort of the only only, uh, stat of his that's not, you know, top-tier all-time. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go with the receiving yards here. There's only one player not in the Hall of Fame that's above him. Mm-hmm. Larry Fitzgerald, 
who is, still is technically still playing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he has a team right now, but he has not retired. Talked about, we'll say that he has not retired and is still planning on playing this year. So that's it. The next one, he's also going to be going out in with three other or two other players that are right around him. Anquan Bolden. Yeah, Anquan Bolden. Um, so the uh, above him all time in receptions that are not in the Hall of Fame: Jason Witten, Anquan Bolden, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and I think of those. I know Reggie Wayne has been eligible for a couple of years. Jason Witten not yet. Anquan Bolden. I don't know if Anquan Bolden has been eligible yet. I don't know that Anquan Bolden's a Hall of Famer, and I don't know that Andre Johnson is a Hall of Famer. Um, but when, honestly, when you look at kind of the most comparable player to Steve Smith, it's Reggie Wayne in terms of stats, right? They're both right there together. They're close, yes. Uh, I mean, I think they're within one in touchdowns, and they're just within a, a hundred, a couple hundred in receiving yards, and very close uh, within less than like 20 i think in reception so they're just right there together in all their stats reggie wayne has a super bowl Mm. that's the difference so i think reggie wayne will get in before steve smith see i'm not sure about that you got to also think about what's happening around he's on tv Mm -hmm. you're talked up you talked about how you know the first ballot it doesn't compare that way. Well, you know, if he's on TV. I, I know Pro Bowl ballot, ballot voters don't necessarily say this matters, but they see him over and over again. It's yeah. fresh in their mind yep. about his stats. About I, I think I think that helps tip the edge over to him. I agree. Uh, you know, he's he's out there. He's top of mind, like you said. He's interacting mm-hmm. with a lot of these voters. Um, but not only that, but when when he played, he was kind of a beloved player by the media. They yeah. he always always willing to give a soundbite. Uh, he's a, obviously a very vocal player. He was out there, you know, talking trash the whole time. He was a very flashy player, made a lot of incredible plays, and I don't know. He and he had a strong end to his career. Like he didn't tail off for four or five years. He was passionate. Yeah extremely passionate he, he loved the game he was he was passionate he has a great story about coming up from right. division two you know drafted as a kick return guy but forced his way onto yep. the receiving core <clears throat> and once he got there he dominated he's also got a triple crown which right only two other receivers have done that and both are in the hall of fame it's yep. jerry rice and i can't think of the other guy right now i'm sorry but yeah. that also plays a keep play on this right you know you're right reggie wayne does have the super bowl notch on him and i think if steve smith had a super bowl win i don't think think there'd be much of a discussion yeah i think he would it would be automatic um you know there is there is uh amongst non-panthers fans there is a lot of discussion as to whether or not steve smith even is a hall of famer uh and I think some of that is quieted since he's been in the media and he's done such a good job because, you know, that matters. It, unfortunately, it just does matter. So Calvin Johnson just got inducted into the Hall of Fame, first ballot, first time eligible. Mm-hmm. He's in. Um, 
obviously well deserved. He was a beast and you know, one obviously one of the best all time at his position. Didn't have the stats that Steve it, Smith has. No, he doesn't. Yeah. And that's that's the problem is he did it for such a short time mm-hmm. and then, you know, being in Detroit you retire yeah. early because you just hate the ownership. You hate playing for a team that always loses. So I feel like he got rewarded because he left Detroit. They were like, you know what? <laughs> This guy suffered for so long in Detroit. <laughs> Let's make him first ballot. But, Same you know, with Barry Sanders. Yeah, I mean. Barry Sanders too, yep. Um, but, yeah, Smith obviously has longevity, you know, 15 mm-hmm. years in the league. And like I said, 15 very productive years, only one year really. I guess you could say two years that he was injured for large portions of the year, uh, his second to last year, and then, of course, 20, uh, 2004, where he broke his arm in the first game. Um God, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I remember it on the sideline. Just, ooh, I think he still caught the ball too. Held onto the ball. Just. Are you talking about the one he caught the ball, broke his arm, and continued to run into the end zone? Is did he break his arm? I, I thought he was on the sideline. Uh the one I'm thinking of. He catches the ball. He gets hit around the three yard line. Breaks mm. his arm. Continues to hold on to the ball continues to run into the end zone and score a touchdown and then he was out because of a broken arm yeah you might be right i might be thinking of because that is else. my all-time favorite steve i mean i hate saying favorite steve smith play as you know poor guy broke his arm but i mean if that doesn't tell you the passion the the love of the game the fight that that got, player had i don't know what will i mean uh, again, we're talking about Andre Johnson and Anquan Bolden. Yes, they were both tough players. Anquan Bolden, I believe, caught a touchdown player uh, passing, broke his jaw. I mean, all three of these players are great, tough players, but I just love Steve Smith. And I don't, he has the stats to back it up. I'll, I'll be interested if he goes in next year or if he has to play the waiting game. So, I'm just kind of looking here. I, I think, the one where he scored and broke his arm was in 2009. So that's not the one where he missed the whole season. Um. Yeah. So in 2004, it was the first game of the season, and he broke his arm. I think that one was on the sideline. I'm, not, I, I'm not sure. Either way, yeah, that play. I mean, and he and he has iconic plays like that, right? He has the mm-hmm. play against uh, uh, St. Louis. You know, he has the broken arm touchdown. He has the huge game against Carolina, you know, coming back home mm-hmm. to Carolina where he has 150 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he has these iconic, and I don't honestly remember a lot of iconic plays from like Reggie Wayne. You know, Reggie Wayne was just a solid receiver all throughout his I, career. I don't know that you would ever look at Reggie Wayne and say, man, that's the best receiver in the league. But I think you and would Reggie say Wayne that. Had- Reggie Wayne also had to play with Peyton Manning. And I think that's a knock on him. I think Andre yeah. Johnson, you know, you give him credit because he did it with, you know, Matt Schaub. Yeah. And I don't even remember the other quarterbacks he played with. Oh, and Steve does. Smith did it. Steve Smith did it with Jake DeLome. And I'm sorry, fans of Jake DeLome, he wasn't a great quarterback. He lobbed it up. Musin Muhammad and Steve Smith went and got it yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. That's true. I mean, the, the, of course, the caliber of quarterback that Wayne and Smith played with are vastly different. But Exactly. Um, 
you know, Steve, he still had an incredibly productive career. And, you know, even his 2014, you know, 12 years into the league or something, he's got 1,000 yards receiving. You know, his last season, he had 70 receptions, 800 yards, yeah. 799 yards, and five touchdowns. Yeah, and 14 That's games. That's a really good season. Yeah. I mean, uh, if he plays 16 games, he could have cracked 1,000 yards in his last season. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think he gets in first ballot. Uh, obviously, I hope he does. I want him to. I think he has to wait a couple of years. I think it's third or fourth year he gets in, so we're talking what twenty twenty five maybe. I think he's the twenty twenty five class. If I had to, if I had to make a bet on it, that's what I would say. Um, but still, that's you know, I think for a, a, you know, obviously we're talking about Hall of Fame, so getting yeah, in at all not- is a massive, massive honor. I saw some people speculating that he was going to go in as a Raven, which I think would. I don't think so. Would now. be insane. Yeah, I think you know if if the old regime were still here and that you know animosity that he had against the organization was still there, I guess maybe I could see him doing that just because he's Steve Smith. But you yeah. know now he's around the team again. He's doing um, some videos uh, for the team. He's, he's doing Panther Fan yeah. Fest. He's yeah. commentating on games. Yep. He's referring I, to the Panthers as us again. I, I, yes. I, I think this current regime has extended the olive branch. Tepper has tried mm-hmm. to bring him back into the fold. And I think that's the right thing to do. I mean, he, he played here for so long. He, he's all of his career except for three years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was kind of doing the some memories of the... we're talking about really come from Carolina. Yeah. So I was doing some of the math, and it's like, you know, 85% or something of his stats are with Carolina. So. You know, even if you just wanted to look at it purely from a statistical basis, he should be in as a Panther. But from what he means to the franchise and what he means to the city, and I think what the city and franchise mean to him. Yeah. You know, if he was being honest with himself, he's a he's a Panther. I mean, he is a Panther. I think the way the Panthers did him with his cut was completely dirty. I agree. Yep. And, and, I th- and I think... I hope he feels the love from the fans because I'm pretty sure, you know, it's done that. And he, he's he been in the Hall of... Isn't he on the he's Hall the of Honor? Ring of Honor, yeah. Ring of Honor, thank mm-hmm. you. I think that plays a big part of him appreciating the organization now a little bit as well. Yeah. Just they're showing him the love that he was not awarded when he left because of Gettleman not even talking to him, releasing him. It just, ah, oh, man, that's a black eye on this organization. Gettleman era. Yeah, uh, that was rough. I mean, and, and I hope one day, you know, Cam can kind of come back and do the same thing. You know, he was also done kind of dirty. I, I understand from a, an organizational standpoint why they got rid of Steve Smith and why they got rid of Cam Newton. I don't agree with the how they mm-hmm. went about it for either of them at all. Um, and honestly, you would really have to, to convince me that getting rid of Steve Smith was the right move <laughs> at the time. Like, Oh, I, you know, I still think it was the wrong move. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. I was thinking about this when I was watching Cam highlights on <clears throat> Twitter from Patriots camp. I was like, I, I, 
he struggled because he had no receivers here almost his entire career. Right. I mean, we're we're looking at Devin Funches, uh, Dwayne Jarrett, mm-hmm. just Philly Brown, Ted Ginn Jr. I mean, yeah, some of those guys are decent third and maybe two receivers, but he didn't have a good receiver. Yeah, and his uh, first year, you know, is when Steve Smith, uh, or I guess when Cam was drafted, two thousand eleven, Steve Smith's first year, uh, th- almost fourteen hundred yards receiving. Second year, almost twelve hundred yards receiving. Third year, less seven hundred forty-five yards receiving. So that third year, not sure what happened there, but you know, his first year in Baltimore, like we said, almost eleven hundred yards receiving, um, six touchdowns, extremely productive. So. Yeah, he still had some gas left in the tank. And it would have helped Cam, for sure, had he stayed. So, uh, Yeah, so I think uh, in summary, we would both induct him first ballot as a yeah. Hall of Famer. <laughs> I mean, uh, especially what he means to, to Panthers fans. Obviously, we're biased, but this is one of the great wide receivers of all time. And, you know, it's going to be great to finally have a Hall of Famer that the Panthers can call their own. Yeah, uh, Kevin Green's in, but he's, Green, he's not a Panther. Yeah, I he's, think Reggie he's White a, is he's in. He's a Steeler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's a Packer? Um, so yeah, we've had some kind of cross our path, but this is ours. He's our. He's the homegrown guy. He's played his whole career here, basically. Yeah. So, any other Hall of Famers on the horizon? You think? I mean, obviously Julius Peppers. Is he a Panthers? I mean, I I would count him as a Panthers Hall of Famer, but he played a lot of his career outside of the Panthers. I'd say 50-60% Carolina, 25% Green Bay and Bears. Yeah. I mean, so... I'd maybe go 60 and then split those other ones, you know, 25-15, something like that, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, outside of that... that's it. Greg Olson, I mean... Olson's going to be borderline, yeah. Yeah, borderline. Definitely not first ballot. Cam, when he retires, I think will, it'll be an interesting conversation. But yeah, yeah I mean, Cam this will is, be very close, like a borderline. Yeah. This is probably the only one the Panthers will get for a while. So, yeah. At least until Peppers comes up. But yeah, um, awesome. Well, you want to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk a little training camp. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach a smaller product to your backpack, roller, or tote. We all know how important finding the right luggage or bag is when you're traveling, so check out DB. We're teaming up with them for an exclusive offer, giving our listeners 10% off of your next purchase by using the code POD10 or going to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on, time to get going. And we are back. Now, we are now going into our third week of training camp. It doesn't seem like it is, but we are. Yeah. And in this camp, we've had some stars shine and some stars fade a little bit, but let's go over some notes. Uh, Robbie Anderson missed a couple practices this week due to an excused family matter. Uh, and Terrace Marshall, one of the stars I was talking about, has taken his place and taken those 
you know, starter reps opposite DJ Moore. Matt Rule actually came out and said that they were trying to force feed Marshall and bring him up to speed as fast as they can. I think that's a good sign for the Panthers organization, a bad sign for Robbie Anderson, even though he's <laughs> on this team for this year. I think the writing's on the wall that he will not be brought back because he'll cost too much money, and I think they're expecting Terrace Marshall to really step up. Yeah, I think Robbie Anderson... He's back now, obviously. He just missed a couple of yes. days, but he is back now. And, and his first day back from practice, he made a couple of incredible catches. So, you yes. know, uh, I don't think his job is in – or his, his spot on the team is in jeopardy this year. No. I, I know that's not what you're saying. But, um, yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, Terrace Marshall has shown a lot, and that's that's one of my notes is Terrace Marshall just keeps making plays and looking good out there. Um, he, he may have made Robbie Anderson expendable for sure. Yeah. I I would love to have Robbie Anderson back at a reasonable price, but I don't think he's going to make fifteen million a year here, and I think he could possibly make that in the open market next year. Yeah, especially if, if he has if another he has... season like he had last year. Exactly, that's what I was about to say. Because <clears throat> before this season, he only had an eight hundred yard season before yeah. coming here, and then last year was his first thousand yard receiving. And this year, if he does it again, which we hope he does. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to try to get more. He got $10 million here. I expect him to try to go more $13, $15 million at least. And then yeah. it's hard to pay him here with Terrace Marshall on rookie salary that you think could step into his role. Exactly. You know, and, you know, Robbie Anderson, I think, is an extremely talented receiver. He has so far had to deal with Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater throwing him the ball for the majority mm-hmm. of his career. Uh, and now he's got Sam Darnold again. So hopefully the change <laughs> of scenery is all that Darnold needed because obviously the change of scenery worked out for Robbie Anderson. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, my, Speaking of Sam Darnold. Yeah, I was going to say, my first note here, Sam Darnold <laughs> seems to continue to be growing in confidence. Um, once yes. the pads came on, he looked better. I mean, he's kind of looked better every day. He had that one day where he and the entire offense really looked bad. But it seems like since then, he has been cooking. Well, up until today, today is Tuesday for all you listeners. He had struggled a little bit today. He threw an interception uh, that was tipped. Jermaine Carter snagged it. And Mm -hmm. he threw another interception. Jeremy Chin picked him off earlier, too today as well are you sure i thought one of those was a pj walker pick maybe i read it wrong yeah. i thought he had threw two picks today, I thought but one either those, way yeah, either way he did throw a pick or two today and that's you know that's that's another trade account yeah that's another thing i kind of wanted to talk about was and just very briefly it how do you feel when you see reports coming out that the defense is you know picking off balls left and right does it make you feel awesome about the defense or does it make you feel worried about the offense (laughs) i have mixed feelings because i've heard some players say this is when you throw interceptions you try to figure out what scheme works for you Mm -hmm. hey this in route just doesn't seem to work on this play for us it kind of drops the linebacker into that zone that they can easily pick it and they redesign plays because of that yeah so it's a mixed bag they're still Especially getting timing down Darnold. and stuff, mm-hmm. too. You know, Darnold's new to this offense. A lot of these receivers are new. Yeah, 
and that's that's another point. It, everything's new. You got to get used to everything. I I take it. I can't speak. Sorry. <laughs> they t- I take it as a mixed bag because yes, you want them to do well, but at the same time, this is the time to make those mistakes. This is the time to figure it out as a team. Now I on agree, both sides. I agree. Yep, I agree. And and honestly, it makes me feel better about the defense because they're taking the opportunities that are coming at them. You know, they mm-hmm. they are making those plays. And it doesn't make me feel terrible about the offense yet uh, for everything that we talked about. Um, so, yeah, that just very quickly. Uh, you mentioned Jermaine Carter. He has taken a lot yeah. of advantage of the fact that Denzel Perryman has been out with an injury and it appears like he will be out for some time. And you mentioned this on our last podcast. But uh, Matt Rule reiterated uh, within the last couple of days that he was talking about Perryman said it didn't look like he was close to coming back. So, Carter... Uh, spoiler is listed as uh, a starter on the unofficial depth chart that was released today. So he has obviously been making a lot of plays, and he is definitely on the the rising stars list uh, of oh, my yeah. training camp. Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, Jermaine Carter. Again, I reiterate this: the defense was so much better last year once he stepped into that starting role. Yep. And it looks like you know. Denzel Perryman's injury has given him opportunity, and he's taken full reign of that. Good for him. Absolutely. And that's yeah. what we need to see. Yep. And we weren't sure if that was because, uh, you know, last year it was because Whitehead was just so bad that God, anybody really in there bad. was going to make the defense look better. But it looks like Carter's, he's, you know, a legitimate talent. So I'm excited about that. I am too, especially because, you know, our linebacking core is not the deepest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hassan Reddick's more of a eh, defensive end linebacker right. combo, more like pass rusher, just sure. edge yeah. rusher. Yep. So, and Jermaine Carter's more the mold of a linebacker. Right, yep. Um, Moving on, Dan Arnold. Mm-hmm. Dan Arnold is becoming the second biggest star of the camp besides <laughs> Terrace Marshall. Every day, I am hearing another Dan Arnold touchdown, another Dan Arnold spectacular catch. We may have found a tight end for this offense. Yeah. At least pass-catching tight end. Right. And and Rule even talked about, I think he was asked, you know, is it going to telegraph plays when you've got Tremble or Ian Thomas in there as opposed to Arnold because – it seems like those are your blocking tight ends. Uh, Arnold's mm-hmm. going to be your receiving tight end. And he said, well, you know, Arnold can block a little bit too, so we're not going to try to telegraph things that much. So, um, yeah, I mean, Dan Arnold is really becoming uh, – he, he and Darnold's, and that is going to be a real tongue twister comes the season. Darnold, Darnold to, to Arnold. Darnold to D. Arnold. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really becoming a thing. Um, and – I'm I'm really excited about it. We talked all last year about the lack of tight end on this offense and how, you know, especially me, I felt it really hurt the offense. And I was not super excited about Dan Arnold when we signed him. I didn't know really what to expect from him, so I didn't expect a lot. And I'm a fan. Like, he is – I have real high expectations now for the season. Absolutely. Yeah, I – I didn't miss the tight end as much just because I didn't know if that was more Joe Brady's scheme right. or, you know, 
And Curtis Samuel did a lot of underneath routes that kind of mm-hmm. were a tight end. So I'll be interested how they go, especially when we talk about the depth chart, how they set it up. So mm-hmm. I'll be very interested. Uh, yeah, but Dan Arnold, you go, man. I'm Absolutely. very pumped to Dude, see this I'm, with you. I'm really excited about him. Um, real quick, I just want to mention a couple of, of uh, quick things before we get to offensive line, which I think is going to be a real conversation. Um, Brian Birds continues to look awesome. Uh, he's yeah. in the backfield early and often. It seems like every play that he has an opportunity back there, he's back there. Uh, and then Sean Chandler, one of the safeties that they signed, <laughs> is a, a surprise. Like Matt Rule seems to be extremely excited about him, says he makes a play every day. And safety well, he, is a, a position that we need help at. Yeah, because Sean Chandler was you know drafted out of Temple when Matt yeah. Rule was there, so he yep. knows him. But yeah, I heard the same thing that Sean Chandler has been making some waves and that it'll be very interesting if he takes up one of those backup roles that, Mm -hmm. you know, Sam Franklin or Kenny Robinson currently have just because Justin Burris, I think you and I are both on the same bandwagon of he is the weak spot of that defense where you're just like, can we get somebody better? Yeah, honestly. Somebody that's at least show upside this yeah. guy doesn't seem to have that upside either he's just a guy yeah look down the look just look down when we get to the depth chart we're gonna hit you know star 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 justin burris star 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 <laughs> like i mean it's it's gonna be it's a real it is blind potential potential star potential right, star. right, Pot- right. Well, they're not all stars but they yeah. all have potential to break right. out to be you know very good players for this team. they're all stars Jermaine Carter Jr. is a star. <laughs> like they're like, you know, obviously I'm I'm joking a little bit, but it is Impact a it's players. a glaring yeah, it's a glaring weakness uh on the team. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are you ready to do it? Are we gonna talk about another glaring weakness on the team? No. Uh, <laughs> actually, yes, we are. So this team lost a lot of leadership in the past few years. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke Keekley you know thomas davis and just all over this field this team lost a lot of leaders Mm -hmm. one player who i am shocked to hear is actually stepping up into the leadership role is dante jackson Mm -hmm. supposedly he called an all defensive meeting the other day before practice really and i keep hearing his name being the leader among the defense and i was a little shocked not negatively just just because of pleasantly surprised yeah, his rookie season, they, they did the uh, all or nothing. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Yep. And he seemed to not get it. And it looks like he's gotten it and he's now in charge of that defense. You know, not Brian Burns. It doesn't seem like Shaq Thompson. Shaq Thompson, I'm kind of surprised, never took that role, but it doesn't seem like he did. But Dante Jackson has. And I'm kind of, I'm very happy and I'm very excited to see what he does this season. Yeah, he has definitely matured as it seems like we've seen the mature maturation as a player and it seems like he's matured as a person as well which mm-hmm. is great um and if he can kind of step up and be a leader for this team that desperately i think needs leadership mm-hmm. especially on the defensive side where everybody's so young um you know you've got daquan jones who came in um aj Bouye who came in that are veteran players but they're new to the team 
And it might be a little unfair to ask them to come in and immediately establish a leadership role. Dante Jackson's, you know, one of the veterans on this team, on this defense yeah. right now. So it it does kind of fall to him, and I'm glad it sounds like he's kind of taking that yeah. opportunity. And, and that rookie season, too, you're talking about an early 20-year-old, you know. Right. Let's be honest, I'm at 21, 22. I, I matured a lot in those three years to 25 or so. Oh, yeah. Or, or till now, I'm almost 40. So, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't reached there. that pinnacle. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting there. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the, the offensive line real quick. Um, uh, and actually, let's go ahead and just mention that uh, David Moore, offensive lineman that was picked oh, up yes. as a, a undrafted free agent, the Panthers released him earlier this week. He was claimed by the Jets um, and was considered, you know, the – I think, if not the one of the biggest undrafted free agents, yeah, not yeah. size wise, but uh, you know, just talent wise, that was out there, and the Panthers were able to get him. They did release him, which is a little surprising to me and you, especially you. Yeah, uh, you were very surprised by the timing, I guess, of the of yeah. him being released. I thought he would be one of those last roster spots that he filled up that last like extra offensive lineman mm -hmm. or even a practice squad type of guy but no they released him so early i mean i guess he just was not clicking with whatever with this scheme that the panthers organization wants to run yeah i mean that's got to be it because a, a guy that you pick up as an undrafted free agent you figure you're gonna understand that he's not going to come in as a starter right yeah that he is a project there is a reason that he was undrafted so in that sense, I'm not surprised they released him, but in the sense that they did, you know, they ponied up for him as an undrafted free agent. They went out and got him. They uh, thought enough of him to bring him in to give up on him before the first preseason game even is, is a little surprising. It is. Yeah. Um, and especially when we're talking about the offensive line, which is yeah. not one of the strengths of this team right now we're talking about potential star on defense on every position our offensive line does not have that <laughs> no it does we not. have one star yeah <laughs> we have one taylor moton who has been playing a lot of left tackle recently and maybe because they just want to try him out there obviously they do but a lot of that is you know there's some guys that are missing some time right now I, and that's i think i figured out what the plan is if you I think Cam Irving's the left tackle. Yeah. I think they have him set at left tackle, but if he goes down, they don't trust anybody else besides Taylor Moten over there. Uh, you're... And that's exactly what happens is Cam Irving missed some practice due to a minor injury, mm -hmm. and they they immediately move Taylor Moten over to left tackle and push Brady Christensen on right tackle. So it looks like we have one left tackle and they don't trust anybody besides Taylor Moten to fill in there. Yeah. They're treating Cam Irving right now. Like he is a very fragile piece of glass. <laughs> they mm -hmm. don't want, they desperately don't want anything to happen to him. Um, but you know, it, it's a good thing. Obviously we weren't excited about some of these offensive line signings when they happened. Sounds like it's a good thing we got Cam Irving because that, you know, otherwise there's not a defense or a, a left tackle on this team. Uh, Pat yeah. Elfine has been playing some center uh, with Matt yeah. Paradis out. I think kind of the same type of deal there. Matt Paradis really the only true center on this team. Um, 
Well, so. Pat Elfine has played center before in Minnesota mm-hmm. as well. So okay. he has a lot of experience. And I've I've heard some people think that that may be the plan long term is maybe have him scoot over to center when Paradis's contract is up next year. Okay. Well, yeah, and, and that's another thing is Paradis is definitely in a contract year. This is the last of his three-year $27 million deal I think he had. So, And we were all so excited when they signed him. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I did hear that they uh, uh, Matt Rule is referring to Dennis Daly as a super guard. So I think his days at tackle are mm-hmm. done, uh, bar- barring, obviously, any injuries or anything. It sounds like he's set at guard. I haven't heard a lot from Greg Little. No, me neither. Greg Little is just the second-round pick that is never talked about by this organization. Yeah. I. It looks like we're going to have a big whiff on a second and third round pick, I think, in the same year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because <laughs> Greg Little, man, I, I don't get it, man. You had the talent. It looks like you're just, you're not, you didn't put it together on this organization. Yep. All right. Well, that's week two of training camp. Let's get to the fun stuff here jerry let's get to our preseason week one game preview now obviously we're not going to go as in depth in this preseason game as we would uh (laughs) week one of the regular season uh in depth are we (laughs) yeah we're not going to spend half an hour on this um but there are some things to talk about and i think we should kick it off talking about the depth chart absolutely the first unofficial depth chart has been released by the carolina panthers by the way released by the carolina panthers so how unofficial is it really i I always hate when they do that we talked about this last year too Uh, why do they do this like it it is the depth chart it's the depth chart for week one of the preseason i guess it's unofficial because if somebody gets injured or something like that they can easily that's always the case (laughs) i don't know man i guess this is the depth chart you know this is the depth chart well, usually, right I am I am surprised on this, is that on the depth chart, they have a left tight end and right tight end instead of a third wide receiver. And cool. they have Dan Arnold and Ian Thomas starting at tight end, and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson as the receivers. I was a little shocked that they don't have a slot wide receiver spot or a third wide receiver. Yeah, and it's either usually that or the fullback. Is you know they usually have a starting fullback, yeah. so there is no fullback on this team really. Um, so yeah, interesting that we go from no real tight end presence in the offense last year to now two listed starters <laughs> on this <laughs> offense. Uh, who, by the way, are Dan Arnold and Ian Thomas listed as a starter? A little surprising that Ian Thomas is listed as a starter, but not that surprising. I'm not. I guess. Yeah. I'm. I'm not. Again, he was the incumbent, so. Yeah. And they it'll were, be interesting to see if that if they go into the season with that configuration of two starting tight ends. And that may just be their, you know, oh, this is our offense starting list. Mm-hmm. But you know how it goes. Sure. As soon as this ball starts getting snapped, it's a three, four wide receiver set. It's a, you know, yeah. it all depends. 
Um, just speaking real quick, uh, let's just look at the offensive line since we just talked about that. So they got Cam Irving as uh, left tackle, Pat Elfina as left guard, Matt Parrott as the center, John Miller as guard, uh, right guard, and then Moten as the right tackle. Um, I, no surprises there, really. Just looking mm-hmm. at the the depth, Greg Little is listed as third string left tackle. Yeah. Um, Christensen is re- listed as uh, backup right tackle. Mm-hmm. Drafted as a left tackle. Um, talks about often as a guard, but listed at right tackle. So that's a little interesting. Uh, from what I've heard from out of training camp, that's the only position. He hasn't played any left tackle in camp. Yep. It's only been right tackle, and it's typically, you know, as second string or or when Taylor Moten goes over to left tackle. I think they drafted him as a right tackle, yep. to be honest with you. the more I, The more that's coming out of camp. So... Yep. Um, Deontay Brown, I think our fifth-round pick, is listed as backup right guard, so he's obviously um, been... Showing well. Showing well in, in camp. Um, and then Trent Scott listed as the backup left tackle. Again, not really surprising there. Um, looking at wide receiver, a little bit of a surprise for me. Oh, well, a couple of surprises, I guess. So no surprises at the starters. You already mentioned uh, Morin Anderson. Terrace Marshall listed as backup to DJ Moore, not a surprise. David Moore is backup to Robbie Answer, not a surprise. But then you've got Shai Smith uh, next on the depth chart ahead of Brandon Zilstra, which that's a little surprising to me. I, I think Zilstra and Shai Smith are fighting for that type of spot. So it doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, I, it, I guess I'm just say, saying that, you know, as of right now, the Panthers have Shai Smith listed ahead of Zilstra, which it, it it doesn't surprise me a little bit. I mean, Shai Smith a sixth round pick, and Zilstra, you know, coming into another season with the Panthers where he has played and he's looked good in camp as well. Yeah, he has looked good in camp. I guess it doesn't surprise me that much. I guess if it was like Zilstra at like six, I would definitely say something. But I think Zilstra, Shai Smith, I think they're right around the same. I think them Kirkwood. Bayless, we discussed they are going to be the ones fighting for the last receiver spots. Yeah, and then Kirkwood listed ahead of Bayless as well, which again, that one also a little surprising to me, but not as surprising. where are you where are you going to put him? I mean that I would poor have put, guy. Like if it was me, I would have put Bayless ahead of Kirkwood, um, yeah. just because. Kirk, or I you could leave Bayless him is... off, just saying injured until yeah, yeah. this week. Um, any, you know. P.J. Walker and Will Greer both listed as backup quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. So, obviously, a decision has not been made there. And then Reggie Bonifin listed as backup running back. That's a little surprising to me. Yeah, I'm surprised Chuba Hubbard isn't there, especially because I've heard some really nice things coming mm-hmm. out of camp from him, too, that he looks explosive and very good. Yeah, and uh, Rodney Smith as well has looked pretty good in camp. So, all the, all the running backs have looked nice. Uh, but Bonifin right now seems to have the, the edge. Uh, let's okay, go to the can I say something okay, real ahead. quick? I sure. just realized that Rod Smith and Rodney Smith are not the same. <laughs> I can, I, in the, they're both running backs, and I always thought that they just were shortening Rodney Smith to Rod Smith when they mentioned him. And I was just like... Oh, no, those are two different people. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, one other thing. Trenton Cannon listed as a wide receiver, not as a running back. So that's a little interesting. Yeah. Uh, as obviously, as we know, he came in as a running back last year. Yeah, he's he's a special teamer. Special yeah, he's listed, teamer. listed as a kick returner, 
Number one kicker. So returner. I think that's basically his spot is special teams. And yep. wherever else they need him, he can play some run back. He can play some receiver. Now looking at defense, anything jump out at you uh, immediately on defense? I think the starters, we've kind of gone down the list there. Mm-hmm. Um, no surprises uh, nothing the on the starters uh, except for the fact that JC Horn is listed above AJ Boye and you yeah, keep but, thinking yeah. as we discussed though AJ Boye out for the first two games of the season I think that makes sense mm-hmm. no uh, I, I think this is all pretty s- not set in stone but pretty set uh, uh, Daquan Morgan Jones f- by the way is a starter to anyone out there who thinks he's not <laughs> he is a starter at defensive tackle who said, who said he didn't? didn't we we it? talked about that last week. That some some site you had looked at showed Daquan Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, had Bravion Roy or someone as the starter <laughs> instead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was some website. It was yeah. not any fans, though. <laughs> I was like, did someone email us about that? No, no, did no, I no. miss no. that? Um, <sighs> yeah, I mean, Morgan, we're talking about. Go ahead. Morgan Fox over Etor is a little surprising, but it's. I, I think this defensive line is just going to be constantly in flux where Very people malleable. are coming yep. in and out coming out in and out just keeping guys fresh to rush those passers yeah I, I think that's the goal is yeah, hit agree. the quarterback over and over again yeah. and let your cornerbacks live on an island because you want to get there in two seconds yeah uh that's this is a strategy that we have seen uh old great panthers defenses use is having an amazing front seven and then let those corners just make plays so yeah, that's what we're gonna see. Yeah, uh, Morgan Fox over Yitor doesn't really surprise me. I didn't. I wasn't super impressed by Yitor last year at all. So uh, hopefully that he has a better second season than he had first. And yeah, there's really not a lot of surprises. Um, Kenny mm-hmm. Robinson, I guess, listed as the number one backup at free safety is a little surprising. I haven't heard a lot about him at a, in camp yet, but. Again, Doug Middleton and Brian Cole listed as the other free safety, so not it doesn't sound like a lot of competition there. Um, then Marquise Haynes coming back from uh, COVID, uh, leave, uh, staying out of the season last year for COVID, is listed as the backup defensive end uh, ahead of Christian Miller. So that's a good on him for coming in and, and showing up real well. Yeah, it... I'm just I'm very excited. I I know this is the game preview. I am very excited to see what type I know they're not gonna throw hardly anything out at Indianapolis, but I am excited to see how this team really kinda lines up more and more. Yeah. Just because there's so many <clears throat> players on this team that are tweeners that can mm-hmm. play multiple positions. It's just I'm excited and it's they're just gonna be all over the place. Yeah, you don't know where the blitzing is going to come. You don't. All of them can rush the passer. All of them, you know, can try to stop. Uh, can run, stop the run. I'll be very interested. I'm. I'm excited. Don't be too well, upset, Panthers fans and Jerry, if you don't see a ton of. Oh of no! What they're going to show, you know, it's going to be very bland. Here. I yeah. know this. It, first preseason game. I know there's only three this year. I expect really nothing fancy going on. It's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of. The front four rush, everything else drops back. It's yeah. going to be very be vanilla. Cover two, yeah. Cover one man. It just just a lot of. Yeah, I'm hoping they pepper simple. in some interesting things here and there just to kind of get the guys used to it. But I wouldn't expect to see a lot of fancy 
plays from mm-hmm. the offense or defense, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, Hassan Reddick's listed as the right outside linebacker. He is a guy that's going to be plugged in a lot of different spots. Yeah. As well as Jeremy Chin, you know, listed as a safety, but he's going to be playing a lot of linebacker, we know. This defense, man, is... I, I'm more excited about watching this defense this year than I am about the offense. Like, Me the too. offense is going to probably make or break the team, but the defense is going to be really good. We know that. I, I, I 100% agree with you. I think this defense is going to be just an enigma. It's not going to have any form, but I think so many of these players can just break out and just dominate a game if they want. I know we're you were talking about don't expect a lot. I, see, we're going to be watching one-on-ones with Brian mm-hmm. Burns and Derek Brown. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be watching this right. week. You know? I guess I just mean scheme-wise. And you know what I yes. mean. But like scheme-wise, yes. I wouldn't expect a lot of like blitzes and you know a lot of real fancy defensive schemes to be shown um you know i guess the thing that i'm going to be watching for the most in this game i'm just going to be looking real hard at sam darnold honestly i just want to see how comfortable he looks i want to see his footwork and i want to see if he's going through his progressions quickly and effectively not missing wide open guys running down the field like we saw a lot last year with Teddy um, and just getting the ball out quick I, I think you can see that in preseason yeah I think so too I think that's exactly making the right read right. that's what me with Sam Darnold his number one priority is making the correct read because that was his issue in New York when the bolts started flying he would just he would try to play hero and try to force the ball down and make the wrong read instead of doing a lot of checkoffs. Yep. So I'm, I agree. That's the number one thing I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to actual game though. I'm just so excited to watch players on the field actually play and keep score. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't yeah. expect to see a lot of like Christian McCaffrey you know, he's mm-hmm. just going to be out there for a few plays. I, I imagine Darnold will only be out there for a series a or series two as well. So. Um, starting wide receivers as well. So, yeah, it's going to be the backup QB show. Well, I'll be interested with only three games if they do it that way, if they count or considering this game two where yeah. they play, you know, almost a half. But it'll be very interesting. Uh, you said backup QB. Indianapolis will be starting a backup QB because Carson Wentz is injured. True. Yep. Yeah, Wentz is out. Gosh, how long is he out? Six, eight, six to eight weeks or something? Yeah. yeah so he'll be into the season. He's out. But yeah, um, honestly, like, the Colts are not an, an interesting team for me mm-hmm. this year. I really have no... There's nobody on that team that I'm super excited to watch. You know, Wentz was going to be interesting just because mm-hmm. of what a train wreck his last year was in uh, Philly, just to see if he can kind of get back that form of, that he once had, or at least people thought he once had. Um, but without him there, I don't really care about about Indy. There's not... No, this, yeah. this game is all about watching yeah. the Panthers... I'm excited to see J.C. Horn, especially yeah. against the backup quarterbacks, if he... Do- I'm assuming J.C. Horn will probably play a little bit more than yeah, I bet he plays the a half. rest of the first team. Yeah, I bet he plays a half. Offense. 
So I would like to see him try to get a pick or so, especially with these quarterbacks, unless they avoid him. So right. Yeah, um, Horn and and Dante Jackson as well. I'm uh, hoping to see what he looks like healthy. Um, Again, it'll be a lot of Shy Smith is going to be out there. Terrace Marshall will probably play quite a bit out there uh, as wide receivers, uh, rookie wide receivers. So they'll they'll be fun to watch. Uh, Chuba, I bet he'll play a lot. Mm, Yeah, that's another player I'll be excited to watch. I didn't even think about him. Yep. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot to look forward to and again it is a preseason game so the final score doesn't really matter we're just looking for guys to not be terrible mainly <laughs> like no we're injuries. just looking for some hope at least that's now, what I'm so i haven't brought this up to you but who do you think will lead this team in receptions for indianapolis or for the game against indianapolis oh my gosh in receptions in receptions. Number of catches. Number of catches. Oh, man. God, that is a hard... That's that's hard. That's tough. Um, I know. I'm going to say... That they're going to force feed... See, I know, you, I know who you want to say, so I don't want to say him. You can say whoever you want. All right, then I'll take Terrace Marshall since you asked me. Okay. I am going to go Shy Smith because okay. Terrace Marshall was going to probably be the guy <laughs> I picked. But I will go Shy Smith for the bigger bet of the week. All right. And this one, this one won't really count much because it's freezing. And we're this is for like a Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither one of us drinks Bud Light. This is for a real beer, but only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not a big beer. <sighs> is there right. anything else you want to talk about with this Colts game? I don't think so. I mean, I'm just excited. Uh, I wish it was Thursday night, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I do too, man. Yeah, I don't want to wait all the way until Sunday. But I don't either. You know, uh, it just prepare us for the regular season since almost every Panthers game is going to be Sunday at 1 o'clock. So <laughs> there's <laughs> no primetime games for us, but uh, or at least what only one. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm just super excited and can't wait to watch it with everybody yeah me too we want to thank everyone for listening if you like the show please let your friends know please follow us on twitter at meow mix podcast if you have any questions or comments you can email us at mailbag at meow mix podcast.com uh, please leave us a five-star review with a comment on apple podcast we'll read it on our show if you're on youtube please like and subscribe yeah um i always forget to say that one, so. <laughs> We will be back on Sunday afternoon after the game. We'll have our recap, uh, what we liked, what we didn't like. Our stars of the game, you know, a light recap episode, but there's going to be a lot to talk about. So um, looking forward to that as much as I'm looking forward to the game itself. Uh, But until then, everybody, stay safe out there and keep pounding. Recording stopped.